the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thanks so very much for joining us as we get underway this morning at 8 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock. It is a Monday, and it is the 23rd morning of the 12th month of the year of our Lord, 2019. It is the eve of Christmas Eve, and it is our last show before Christmas Day. As a matter of fact, a live show. Let me phrase that correctly. Tomorrow we will have a best of. The uh, Bob France Authority, a lot of interviews and segments that uh, I think you'll want to hear again if you uh, if you already heard them. And if you haven't, it's another opportunity to hear things that you missed. Uh, on Christmas morning Wednesday, a little programming note for you, you're, gonna, you're in for a treat. We will present to you once again another outstanding episode, another outstanding uh, program by our good friends at uh, uh, the Public Square Broadcasting Network, uh, the Ohio Roundtable, the AP Roundtable, uh, my friends Rob Walgate. Um, uh, first of all, Rob, thank you very much. Rob always is such a wonderful, wonderful uh, asset to our program. He sits in as a guest host on this program on a, on a regular basis, and he does just some phenomenal work. Uh, with the Ohio Roundtable, the uh, and, and the AP Roundtable, every year he invites my family and uh, and myself to his program. They put it on in Tennessee. I want to say every year. I believe it's Tennessee. Uh, yeah, it's Tennessee. They put it on in Medina, and this year they actually moved it to Illinois as well. As more and more people love these live broadcasts of called, called uh, Christmas uh, in America. And uh, Rob and uh, and uh, Dave Zanotti with the Roundtable and the Public Square, just masterful storytelling and music and just a celebration of Christmas from a year gone by. And then what they do is such a great job of of talking about Christmas in that time. Uh, You know, and just to give you an example of what they cover, last year's Christmas in America featured, oh, goodness gracious, 
Oh, why am I forgetting this now? It was in the 80s. It was 82, I want to say. It was in the 80s. And then this year, they went back just a little while to 1783. Uh, after this country was born and had adopted its constitution, etc. So, and then they make it modern as well. They tie it together. They tie the history of Christmas, the history of culture, and uh, our society in this country all together. Christmas in America is such a wonderful program. They do it live in a number of locations, as I said, every year. And then we re-air it. We air it uh, uh, during the two hours of the Bob France Authority. So Christmas morning from 9 to 11, you will hear Christmas in America from the public square. And the Ohio Roundtable, my friends Dave Zanotti, Rob Walgate, just great people doing great things. So all of that is a fancy way of saying you don't have a chance to talk to me again uh, until Christmas, until after Christmas, rather, they, unless you call right now, 216-901-0945, Plenty of call opportunities today. I do have one guest coming up in less than a half an hour at about 935. Dave Ray from the Federation for American Immigration Reform will join us. Why are we going to talk about immigration on uh, the last show before Christmas? Because our country is in peril. Let me say this again. We cannot take our eyes off of the I word while focusing on the I word. Does that make sense? Right now, the entire country, and myself included, is, you know, of course, engrossed in this incredible. Uh, impeachment facade. That is the I word that we are all focused on. The impeachment facade. And I call it a facade because it really, there is no depth to it. There is no, there is no there there. It is just superficial. It is just a sham. It is just a show. It's what we knew they were going to do the moment Donald Trump won the nomination for the, the Republican Party as uh, its presidential candidate. They said, if that guy wins, we've got to impeach him. And sure enough, that guy won and the plans were set in motion. Uh, away they went, and now they've come to fruition. They voted last week to impeach the president, and now, of course, we all watch to see what happens if there is a Senate trial. So that's the I word we're all focused on, and we're going to talk to Dave Ray at 935 because we cannot afford to ignore the other I word, which is immigration. We're going to talk to Dave about this study done by the Center for Immigration Studies. They find that immigration, both legal and illegal combined, is going to redistribute 26 congressional seats from red states to blue states for the 2022 election. I kid you not. Every year, that's the midterms, of course, 2022. Every year, the United States imports about 1.2 million legal immigrants who largely arrive to reunite with foreign relatives already in the country. This level of annual legal immigration is in addition to the hundreds of thousands of foreign workers who arrive on work visas every year, and nearly a million illegal aliens who successfully enter the U.S. every year. So research done by CIS, the Center for Immigration Studies, indicates that the U.S. will redistribute political power in the form of 26 House seats away from a number of red states where the population isn't increasing the way that it is in blue states, especially California and New York, where the population is exploding with immigrants, some legal, some illegal, as I just outlined. That will change the representation. That's why it was so important for President Trump, and for all of us, quite frankly, that fight over the U.S. Census. 
and whether or not it was legal and just to ask people on the census form, are you a citizen? Because truly, our resources, in terms of funds and grants and monies, etc., etc., as well as our political power and representation should be tied only to U.S. citizenry. But instead, it's tied to just general population. In other words, people who are here illegally can tip the balance of power from one party to the other based on where they live. People who are here illegally can generate more funds in the forms of grants and other things to these locations that are heavily populated with uh, illegal and legal immigrants and away from just American citizens. So it's a big deal. It's a really big deal. To put this number in perspective, if you change the party of 21 members of the current Congress, it would flip the majority in the U.S. House. And similarly, if you were to change the parties to from red to blue, it would inc- increase and strengthen a supermajority almost in the U.S. House. So it's a big deal. We're going to talk to Dave Ray coming up about that. But I want to do this as we get started this morning. We'll take our time out here in a moment. I want to talk about faith. I want to talk about religion. Why? Well, I mean, it seems to be a pretty good time. And there's two reasons, actually. One, because, of course, we celebrate the holiest of of occasions uh, on the Christian calendar, and that is the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ uh, on Wednesday when we celebrate Christmas. And, of course, I will celebrate it in all ways in both the, and, and hopefully we'll talk about it in these terms, too. We'll celebrate it in terms of the faith, faithful aspect of it, the birth of Christ, which is what Christmas is all about. But there is the secular sharing of gifts and the the entire uh, you know you know gift giving aspect of Christmas that we all enjoy in this country as well. So, uh, but I am going to focus on the the Christian element of it in part because it's two days away from Christmas, but the other part because some Christians who kind of purport to hold themselves over other Christians, kind of animal farm like. Some animals are more equal than others. There are some Christians who have decided that they will speak on behalf of all Christianity as they condemn the presidency of Donald J. Trump. That's right. Christianity Today is a relatively influential influential Christian magazine, and they have penned an editorial in which they declare they are opposed to to Donald Trump winning another term. They are opposed to Donald Trump's supporters supporting him. They are opposed to any evangelicals who continue to support Donald Trump. And they support the impeachment of our president. And they claim it is on the grounds of Christian morality. We've got some responses to that that I'm going to share with you from some people who are rather influential in their own right. Uh, and then I want to get your response to them as well. 216-901-0945, The number's to dial. Be a part of the program this morning on AM 1420, The Answer. WHKRadio.com is where to find the Bob France Authority podcast. Counting through the snow, Christmas bells are ringing. Joyous voice is sweet and clear. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell. Oh, now you did it. Rock. 
how you did it. Hit me with my favorite Christmas song. Well, it's my favorite fun Christmas song. How about that? I mean, obviously, there are some that are holier, some that are more somber, some that are more... I mean, I love the little drummer boy as well, Silent Night. But when it comes to the fun Christmas tunes, this is one that always has my uh, toes tapping. Uh, 22 minutes after 9 o'clock. Thanks for joining us on 20 The Answer. It's the 23rd morning of the month of December, and we are talking a little Christmas and talking about, well, yeah, Christ. Um, and we're doing this for a reason, because... The news magazine, the religious news magazine called Christianity Today, has decided that they are going to speak to Christians who support Donald Trump. They're going to speak to evangelicals who support Donald Trump more specifically to tell them how incredibly wrong they are because Donald Trump does not have the morality to be president of the United States. They support his impeachment over the issue of morality. I want you to listen to a little bit of this. Um, the editor-in-chief of uh, Christianity Today was on Morning Joe with Mika Brzezinski, or whatever her name is. Brzezinski, I guess it is. Um, I just don't like to give them much credit for anything. But um, the editor uh, was, was on the program, and he kind of gave, after Mika spent about three and a half minutes talking about all of the evils of Donald Trump, she then brings on this editor of Christianity Today, to tell us exactly why it is the the magazine wrote the editorial opposing Donald Trump's re-election and supporting his impeachment. And this is part of what he had to say. Well, good morning, Mika. Well, thank Trump for God. I mean, God wouldn't be able to get all these things done if it weren't for Trump. And that seems to be the position he's taken. But look, what Christianity Today is, you know, they, they have overturned the tables of the money changers in the temple courts. Uh, and they've disrupted uh, their business models, and I know that that hurts to hear for a lot of people. Uh, but a lot of a lot of this is about uh, money because they raise money off of you know off the judge issue, off the life issue, and all those things could be the uh, great causes. Um, but you know they want to have this issue, and and Trump has given them judges. But what they're saying is this, is that the ends don't justify the means. And this president has demonstrated beyond doubt now, according to many people in Christianity today, that his his character and his moral behavior uh, is not suited to be president. Uh, I'll stop it there. His behavior and his moral character are not suited to be president. Now, by the way, my apologies. That was not the editor in chief. That was that was actually Rick Tyler, MSNBC's uh, political contributor. There, um, the editor in chief of Christianity Today is Mark Galley, and I want to talk about him now. But 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 what Tyler just said is what's reflected in the editorial written by Galley and his associates at Christianity Today that President Trump doesn't have the morality or the character to be the president, to be the commander in chief. Now, I, I suppose. What I could do here is just let Pastor Robert Jeffers respond to that, and I will. But I have to throw this part in coming from myself. Who gets to be the judge of what is moral? People who support a president who is vocally and passionately pro-life, and not always so, by the way, not always so. I talked to Dr. Everett Piper about this this past Friday. Someone who believes in the sanctity of life, someone who believes in the preservation of all life, or are we going to take morality lessons from people who think it's okay to butcher living human beings inside of their mother's wombs all the way up to the moment of, 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 uh, of birth? 
Who, who Are we really going to take lectures from morality from people who support that barbaric practice, that party? People who celebrate virtually all things uh, that are dark, that are decadent. People who celebrate the uh, uh, movement of and on feelings rather than on law, based, or rather than on morality, rather than on ethical things. Uh, who should we? Be, who should be really dictating the terms of morality here? But that's just my first response when I pe- listen to people like Rick Tyler, when I read the editorials by people like Mark Galley. Uh, but let's listen to the response now from Pastor Robert Jeffress, who uh, joined uh, Fox News uh, yesterday. New controversy among some in the president's political base, though, after the evangelical magazine Christianity Today published what might be seen as a scathing editorial, the headline saying Trump should be removed from office. The editor-in-chief, Mark Galley, arguing the nation faces, quote-unquote, moral danger under the president's leadership, president firing back, claiming the magazine, which is founded by the late Reverend Billy Graham, would rather have a, quote-unquote, radical left non-believer than him in office. Graham's son, Franklin, slammed the magazine for even invoking his father's name. My father uh, knew Donald Trump, uh, believed in Donald Trump, and in this last election, he voted for Donald Trump. And if he were here today, I'm sure he would um, tell you that himself. Let's get the president's view on this. Let's bring in Robert Jeffers, senior pastor at First Baptist Dallas and a Fox News contributor. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, Ed. How do you react to this evangelical magazine, not just calling out the president, but calling out uh, leaders like yourself and say, why are you supporting him? In addition to voters, calling out President Trump's voters. Look, what your viewers need to know, Ed, is Christianity Today is a dying magazine whose influence, even the New York Times said Friday, their influence has diminished significantly over years past. They have been never Trump from the beginning, but most importantly, they are diametrically opposed in their view to millions of evangelical Christians who support this president. You saw the new Fox poll this week that mm-hmm. said that 67% of evangelicals uh, approve of the job the president is doing. Another poll said that 99% of evangelical Republicans oppose his impeachment. And the reason for that support is very clear. I mean, record number of judicial picks, 182 by the end of next month. What he's done for Israel, his stand for religious liberty in the pro-life arena. This is why last week when I stood next to him in the East Room of of the White House, I said President Trump is without doubt the most pro-faith president in history, and there are millions of evangelicals who agree with me in that assessment. And uh, I would count myself among those, while I am not an evangelical, I would count myself among those who absolutely agree. President Trump has done more to defend our ability to practice our faith, no matter what our faith is, quite frankly. I mean, Christians... And and Jews alike should be should be. He mentioned Israel should be so grateful to this president for continuing to support their faith, all of our faith, uh, and and yes, uh, Islam as well uh, for what that's worth. I mean, you are in this country. If one religion is allowed to be targeted, and that religion is almost exclusively uh, in the public square, is Christianity because Christians like white people and males and straights and so on and so forth. You know the way this whole thing goes. 
If you are straight, white, male, and Christian, you are a target because you are the majority. And if you are the majority, you are fair game for criticism, for uh, for um, uh, people taking pot shots, insults, uh, and, and other sorts of things at you because they are the minority. Others of who are not of those particular demographic traits, they are in the minority, and they are immune, impervious to criticism. But if you are Christian, if you're straight, you're white, you're male in particular, you are. Uh, you're, it's open season on you. So if if that can happen to one faith, it can happen to other faiths as well. President Trump has done everything that a president can do to ensure religious liberty, that you cannot be um, uh, fired, you cannot be harmed, you cannot be discriminated against, et cetera, et cetera, for practicing your faith. And and that's exactly what we see happening time and time again with these lawsuits against people of faith who run their businesses according to their faith. And they are told, no, you have to violate your faith in order to give somebody else who is of a different persuasion in some capacity in their life, whether it be sexual orientation and marriage, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you have to uh, deny your own faith. You have to deny your own personal beliefs in order to accommodate theirs. President Trump has stood up for people's religious liberty in that regard. And that's just one of the many, many reasons President Trump is supported by, as you heard from the pastor, 67% of evangelicals and 99% of evangelical Republicans. Because faith in this country matters. And President Trump has stood up for faith even in the face of the criticism of Christianity today, claiming that he doesn't have the moral character to be the President of the United States. We'll pick up this part of the conversation coming up in a bit, but coming up now it's news, and then on the flip side, I started the show today with a discussion of the importance of immigration, legal and illegal, in our political process. My friend Dave Ray from the Federation for American Immigration Reform will talk to us about that next on AM 1420, The Answer. Yeah, this will put you in the mood as well. Thank you so very much for joining us. And a Merry Christmas early to you. It's our last live broadcast before Christmas Day on Wednesday. Uh, we will have a best of show for you tomorrow. And again, we will have Christmas in America, the wonderful presentation. It's a live show that is done, that is recorded for radio purposes by our friends at the Public Square, Rob Allgate, Dave Zanotti, and uh, their wonderful team. So uh, we've got a couple of really great broadcasts coming up for you over the next two days. Then we'll be back with you live on Thursday on the 26th. Matter of fact, you'll get sick of me because I'm doing Hugh Hewitt's show that morning as well. So we'll have five straight hours uh, together on the day after Christmas. I want to pivot now away from the Christmas and the faithful issue that we were just discussing and the evangelicals support for president trump to talk about what i started the show with um this is really an amazing study i told you while people focus on the i-word impeachment they are ignoring the i-word immigration uh the center for immigration studies uh did some number crunching and took a look at the rate of legal immigrants coming into this country, the rate of people coming here on work visas, and the number of illegal immigrants coming into this country and have calculated that by 2022's midterm elections, there could be as many as 26 congressional seats shifted, primarily from red states and redistributed into blue states. 
because of the immigration patterns. This would have an extraordinary impact, obviously, on the makeup of our federal government, which is why I asked Dave Ray to join us to talk about it. Dave Ray, of course, is with the Federation for American Immigration Reform. Dave, Merry Christmas, my friend. How are you? Hey, Merry Christmas, Bob. Great to be with you again, buddy. Wish I had uh, more Christmassy news for uh, your fellow citizens there in Ohio, but this is not a story that's going to bode well for their political future, that's for sure. No, it's really not. It's uh, the exact opposite of a good Christmas gift. Uh, this is a yeah. lump of coal. I mean, uh, let's talk about, and we talk about immigration for a lot of reasons. We talk about the impact on jobs, particularly on minorities in the United States who lose jobs to illegal immigrants in this country. But we talk about the costs. We talk about services. We talk about health care. We talk about all these other things that, um, right. you know, that are provided to illegal immigrants and legal immigrants uh, alike in this country, we don't often talk about the actual impact on um, our political representation. Uh, the dollars that are sent from Washington, D.C. to the various districts, and, mm-hmm. again, the number of people in Washington, D.C. representing those districts. That's a pretty staggering statistic that the Center for Immigration Studies came up with. Right. Well, you know, the lurch to the left by, uh, on immigration uh, amongst other issues, by Democrats, is not just politically correct culture gone wild. It's also a crass political calculation by the Democrats. I mean, the Democrats can lock in a permanent majority in both houses uh, of Congress, uh, both the House of Representatives and the Senate, through uh, continued mass immigration. Why? Because most people, most uh Newly arrived immigrants, once they naturalize, 60% or more of them become Democrats. And they have children at a faster rate than you, their U.S.-born counterparts. So when you look at, uh, you know, the, the next, watch the next Democratic debate and you hear comments like, you know, let's uh, make illegal immigration no longer illegal. Let's offer uh, free health care to illegal aliens. Let's stop... You know, let's abolish ICE so that people aren't deported. This isn't really just a pander. This is a crass political calculation by the left uh, as a way to permanently enshrine their majority. I mean, think about this one statistic here. Uh, after the, according to the CIS study, California is going to gain 11 congressional seats because of mass immigration. New York will gain Four. Who's the biggest loser? Ohio. My state. Next big, yeah, next my home state too. You know, I'm a I'm a, I'm a Buckeye myself yes, originally, sir. but you know, you've got uh, Michigan, Pennsylvania will lose two. Wisconsin will lose one, and then other red states that are mostly in the South will also lose one: Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, and so on. Uh, you know, people of Alabama realized. A while back, so there's really two different issues here. Um, one of them is uh, mass immigration and its impact on the electorate, but then there's the secondary issue of whether or not it's fair to count at least illegal immigrations, at least the illegal immigrant population, when you do congressional reapportionment. And the state of Alabama actually has filed a lawsuit. They know they are losing one seat due to the counting of illegal aliens in the country. I mean, think about this. California has around 2 million illegal immigrants, uh, or 
between two and three million. That in and of itself is as many as three to five congressional districts that would be nothing but districts made up of illegal aliens. People in in Alabama, which is a very low immigration state, U.S. citizens will be losing a rep, uh, one of their seats, to go to California in a district where possibly most of, you know, theoretically most of the residents in that district could be illegal immigrants. So there's a lot of different angles that we need to consider here, but there is absolutely no doubt that continued mass immigration is going to to, to uh, completely redo uh, the political map and seal in a long-term bad scenario for those who like to see wins for Republicans. David Ray is our David Ray is our guest from the Federation for American Immigration Reform. We're reacting to a Center for Immigration Studies uh, report that says as many as 26 seats could be flipped. Essentially, 26 reds or seats in 26 uh, uh, districts in red states would go to blue states. Now, is there any uh, reason for optimism, Dave, in that? The mass exodus from places like California to places like Texas, we have all seen those demographics shifting as uh, population tries to escape the high taxes and some of the liberal nonsense that goes on in California for Texas. Texas would be gaining seats uh, in Texas. Right. Well, it's traditionally been a red, red state. The question is, is whether or not it remains one when all of these liberals move in. Well, you know, in the last election, the last senatorial election, Beto O'Rourke gave... Ted Cruz a real run for his money, and uh, you know the Democrats are really watching Texas. If Texas can flip blue, and Texas is a huge immigration state, it would be nearly impossible for a Republican to win the presidential nomination or, or, or the presidential race losing Texas, California, and New York. Now, California and New York are far gone. Texas, that would be the death blow. So, you know, when you look at what happened between Ted Cruz and Beto O'Rourke in the last election and the fact that they, you know, the, the race was actually a lot closer than it should have been in what was once considered solidly red Texas, you have to wonder, is this the effect of mass immigration? In other words, is Texas getting less red? Is Texas becoming purple? Or was it more of a personality thing, that Beto O'Rourke was able to get people who don't traditionally vote out and Ted Cruz's lack of popularity among certain groups led to, you know, a... Uh, I think there's a third option, Dave, if we recall this. The, the vast majority of money that Beto O'Rourke used to try to to keep that race close and to make it close came from out of state. It was the exact same yeah. thing that we're talking about right now. He got massive donations from California, from Californians oh, yeah. to try to True. change that. So it's it's kind of like in a different way the same story in that Californians yeah. can dictate Texas elections. Uh, they did it with money in that race to try to change, uh, uh, you know, to try to defeat Ted Cruz, and now they'll do it with votes actually as people relocate. From from California to Texas. Yeah, well, so, I mean, you know, you do have a lot of stories about flight from Texas or flight from California. And, you know, some people say, well, that means Texas is going to turn purple. But then I see other articles that imply that most of the people leaving California are conservatives. I know I couldn't handle living there. But think about the state of California and how out there it is on so many different issues. 
and think about the fact that after 2020, their congressional delegation is going to be 11 people stronger. I mean, the ele- you know that's, that's crazy. 11 more electoral votes coming from California at the loss of everyone in, in what people on the coast call the flyover states. You know, all the states where real people live. And so it is a, uh, it, it's really part of the, uh, you know, one, one of the side effects or downstream effects of mass immigration that isn't regularly discussed, at least publicly, but Republicans really seriously need to start paying attention to this. And, and you know, this could also be uh, another argument for uh, changing the way we select immigrants. You know, lar- you could you could you can easily see how somebody who is coming here with less than a high school education and zero uh, abilities in English would be likely to become uh, a user of social services. Somebody who can't make it on their own in this country, and that person just those types of people fall prey to democratic policies because they have all these um, you know all these safety nets. Think about this, Bob. 25% of our legal immigrant population has less than a high school education when it arrives. These are legal immigrants in 2019, less than a high school education, very limited English. So my point is if we, ba- if we switch to a merit-based immigration system, selecting people who are more highly educated, uh, had some English ability, their likelihood of becoming a public charge and thus becoming somebody who's a lifelong dependent of democratic policies uh, would be would be le- would be less substantial than it is now so that would be maybe one way of of depoliticizing the immigration flow to, to, to be selecting people who are going to be able to do better on their own by pulling up their own bootstraps but uh, at this point this is really looking like a bad scenario for the long-term uh, viability of the Republican Party, at least on in terms of national elections. David, uh, before you go, I want to uh, ask you about something else, uh, and that is ICE and the uh, the reputedly uh, fake uh, university. Uh, the, you know, a lot of people are complaining, a lot of the leftists and the pro-illegal immigration advocates, uh, they're complaining about what was billed as a fake university that tried to lure foreign potential students into committing visa fraud by coming to join the fake college and then once they are caught then of course they can be deported as having committed right. a crime in addition to their immigration well uh, ice apparently over the weekend i'm not sure exactly the timing on this but they have released undercover footage i guess it was on friday in response to that uh it shows foreign students discussing enrolling at this fake university numerous individuals say they wanted to enroll in order to keep their visa status etc and in each instance the individual admits they know they are engaging in illegal activity and this is not right. something that the government is responsible for they are making their own choices can you speak to that dave ray well you know people complain about ice knocking on doors about ice being outside of courthouses about ICE uh, intercepting, you know, uh, people out in the workplace doing workside raids. I mean, you have to be able to do immigration enforcement somewhere. This was really a benign way, I think, uh, to do immigration enforcement. You're not not knocking down somebody's door and dragging them out of the house. You're catching them. Uh, they're they're here as guests of the United States. They're openly 
committing visa fraud as a way to stay here in a fake university uh, and get a visa. And, you know, frankly, these are not the types of people that I think will make great Americans. And if people are willing to lie and steal and cheat uh, to stay in the United States, these are probably not the people we want to keep. I mean, ICE needs to be allowed to do these types of sting operations if we're going to keep finding. You know, there are several million, well, there, there are there are more than a million people with final orders of deportation in the United States right now. They're all probably grasping for, for straws on any way to stay but ICE has to be allowed to do these types of operations if it's going to uh, be able to uh, capture and remove uh, some of the million people with their final order of deportation. David Ray from the Federation for American Immigration Reform joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. Dave, really important information there about the uh, allocation of of uh, political power and representation due to immigration. Right. And we're going to talk the next time about what has to be done or what can be done, Dave, about right. uh, legal immigration. Because the, the significant number of legal immigrants that we take here added to the illegal population is what's leading to that shift from right. uh, red state to blue state power. We'll hit that yeah. the next time. And think about the fact, Bob, that we haven't had a major overhaul in our legal immigration system since 1965. Our laws are outdated. They need, you know, we need new immigration policy for for the new needs of a modern America. And the old 1965 policy is just not cutting the mustard. On that note, well I'd said. like to wish you and your loved ones a very Merry Christmas. It's always great chat with you, my friend. And uh, you have a wonderful rest of your day. And the same to you and yours. And uh, tell that to all of the good people at FAIR as well from me. Okay, Dave? I sure will. You take care, buddy. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Dave Ray from a wonderful organization doing great work on behalf of the American people, the Federation for American Immigration Reform. We'll come right back after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Now heard through downtown, through greater Cleveland on 102.5 FM. It's the Bob France Authority. Long time ago in Bethlehem, so the Holy Bible say. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. Nine fifty-five. The Bob France Authority continues. Good Monday to you. Hope you're having a great day. Hope you st- hopefully you started your day with Hugh Hewitt. You're continuing here, you'll stay for Mike Gallagher. If you're going to have the radio on today, I'm just telling you, there's no better place to have it. You want the latest on the immigration fiasco. You want the latest on the uh, demon rats' attempts to steal this country from 63 million American voters. Uh, you want to stay right here. And if you want to talk about faith, uh, I'm doing it a lot today, again, because the Christmas season is upon us, but also because, as noted, uh, Christianity Today, a left-leaning, as sadly is the case with a lot of Christian organizations today, including my very own Catholic Church. Um, There have been far too many examples of left-leaning politics invading my church and our schools, universities, and so on and so forth. Um, But with the editors of Christianity Today writing the article uh, condemning evangelicals for supporting Donald Trump and condemning Trump voters for the same, I feel like this is an important time to talk about this as well as we approach Christmas. My friend Dr. Everett Piper, from former uh, president at Oklahoma Wesleyan University, came on my program last week. He comes on every week. He'll be with me again when we come back on Thursday. 
But uh, Dr. Piper wrote an op-ed for the Washington Times on Friday responding to the editors at Christianity Today. And I want to share, because it's, it, it actually worked out perfectly, because he himself came onto the program with me to tell me and explain a tweet of his, in which he declared that in 2016, when he was so staunchly opposed to Donald Trump as the Republican nominee, he wouldn't even invite him to speak at Oklahoma Wesleyan University, as other candidates had been invited, because he said he is just not representative of the Christian belief system, its morality, its culture, etc., etc. He wrote an article saying, here's why I was wrong. And then Christianity Today comes out with their repudiation of Donald Trump as president, saying he should be impeached, saying he is not morally or ethically um Christian enough to be president of the United States. It just uh, kind of fueled Dr. Piper's fire. And he wrote a piece on Friday that I'm going to share with you now, portions of it anyway. We'll do the rest on the other side of the news break here at the top of the hour. On January 18, 2016, Jerry Falwell Jr. welcomed Donald Trump to Liberty University to endorse his candidacy for the presidency of the United States. As the evangelical college president who wrote This Is Not a Daycare article, which is what Dr. Piper is, that received so much national attention, I received a call from the media the next day. I was asked, would I be next? Was I going to follow suit and invite Mr. Trump to my university to speak in our chapel? Would I be giving Donald Trump my endorsement? My answer on Fox News and other media outlets was no. Frankly, Donald Trump simply doesn't represent my school's behavior, behavioral, theological, moral, or political ideals, I said. Anyone who has been on the cover of Playboy, anyone who brags of his sexual history with multiple women, anyone who owns strip clubs in his casinos is not someone I can endorse. No, Donald Trump will not be speaking at my university. On December 14, 2019, Christianity Today published an editorial essentially saying the same thing that I said three years ago. Commenting on the present impeachment debate, the Christianity Today editor-in-chief, Mark Galley, called for the immediate removal of Donald Trump as our nation's president. President Trump is a near-perfect example of a, of a human being who is morally lost and confused, Mr. Galley said. He then went on to state that none of the president's positive qualities outweigh the, quote, moral and political danger, end quote. America now faces under his leadership. Mr. Galley concluded, we call for the many evangelicals who support the president to remember who you are and whom you serve. Consider how your justification of Mr. Trump influences your witness. I'm going to stop there for our top-of-the-hour news. And on the flip side, I'm going to give you, as the great Paul Harvey used to say, the rest of the story from Dr. Everett Piper. 10 o'clock news time now. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.